Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Be Your Own Bank podcast. It's everybody's favorite time of the week, the weekly roundup. Hey, friends. Thanks for tuning back in. We appreciate your support. As always, remember to like, subscribe, turn on those notifications, and you can watch us on YouTube or listen to us anywhere you get your podcasts. This week, we want to talk to you about Genesis, a large crypto trading platform, and how they may be on the brink of disaster. Moving on, we want to talk to you about Binance and how they are trying to put together a fund to bail out some of these institutions in distress. And finally, we want to, we want to give you a little bit of hopium as to the future of crypto and why we are still optimistic, even though 2022 has sucked. Yep. So getting into it, Genesis, they are one of the largest crypto OTC exchanges over the counter, and they have suspended withdrawals as of November 16th. So people are in a panic. They're worried that they are going to file for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Of course, they're saying that is not what they're talking about right now, but they have asked for an injection of $500 million. Oh, okay. That's it? Just half a bill? Just half a bill, which interestingly enough is the amount of money that Binance sold of FTT token. So it's their responsibility now. I think it's their responsibility. But that being said, this company, Genesis, was launched in 2013. They were the first over-the-counter Bitcoin trading platform for large amounts of Bitcoin. And they've made some poor decisions over the years. They were exposed to Three Arrows Capital, lost $1.2 billion there. Their parent company, DCG, bailed them out. And now with FTX's crumble, they lost an additional $175 million, which again, they got bailed out by their parent company. Now, who is this parent company? It's DCG, Digital Currency Group. The interesting thing, though, is that they have multiple subsidiaries, including Genesis, as well as Grayscale and Coindesk, the news source. And Grayscale, as we know, is basically the crypto investing arm of the stock market. That's where most people get their Bitcoin. So that's pretty dangerous because if Grayscale goes under, this is, I mean, they've got to be custodying lots of Bitcoin. Well, and that's the concern. They are custodying lots of Bitcoin and people are worried if Genesis goes under, could that mean DCG would go under? And if DCG goes under, then all of their subsidiaries could be in trouble. Grayscale has over 600,000 Bitcoin in custody. Wow. That is an incredible amount. And if that had to be liquidated because of a bankruptcy filing, that could crash the price even further. Mm -hmm. So people are worried, how can we get them back on their feet? Well, we've just lost so many and yeah. everybody's had a piece of everything else that's failed, right? I mean, I think we go back to Doquan and, and Terra, right? Because yep. I mean, that was kind of the beginning of all this nightmare. But as we see, this house of cards is continuing to crumble and we've got to figure out which institutions are too big to fail that have to be bailed out? Well, and I think that goes into our next point, which is Binance. So Binance seems to be this savior now that FTX claimed to be, and SBF no longer gets that distinction. 
But CZ at Binance has now created a $1 billion sort of a bailout fund, and they've already received 150 applications petitioning in to get some of this money. The goal is to provide financial support to the most promising and high-quality companies, and the projects they're characterized by innovation and long-term value creation, clear viable business model, and a laser focus on risk management. What does that mean? So I mean, that, I know what risk management means, but what is that? Like? I would assume that they have a very laid out plan as to how they're going to manage risk in the future so they don't end up having to potentially file for bankruptcy again. So, but if their job is to bail people out, right, they are the government in this situation, right? Yeah. Is that they're bailing out the big companies, Voyager, BlockFi, right? I mean, or is it individual people are like, hey, my portfolio got locked on some point. No, it's not individual people. It's going to yeah. be institutions. And I, I think Genesis should be a priority since they have so many hands in so many different yeah. places. Um, they should focus on allocating that money to the, the institutions that could have the highest amount of ramifications to the general public if they were to go under. But in doing so, like, let's say they give some liquidity from this fund to uh to Genesis, yeah. then Genesis pays off their debts and keeps playing the game, or where's the accountability? After well, I the think fact? that's I think that's the piece of the three the three parts to who who gets access to this money is that it has to be a good company overall, and they have to have a clear business model and risk management. I think that's the key is they're not just gonna get it and be able to do what they've been doing. They're gonna have to do a better job of risk management and not investing in companies like Three Arrows Capital or FTX, although someone could argue that they could have been good investments had they not fallen through. That's exactly the point, right? Is that how do you vet that after the fact? We've are, the, the, the bad news already came in, so now you're just plugging the dam, right? You're I mean, plugging the dam, yeah. For and, now, right? And, Until and forcing them some... to build a better dam. Right. But yeah. you got to plug the broken dam before you can build a new dam. Right. Or else the water goes into the city. Well, and I think for Binance, this is a good power play because A, they get equity in that company, I would assume. Right. And B, they get to say, oh, we're the savior. Mm -hmm. We're doing it right. And we didn't need the government to, to step in to bail everybody out. We can self-regulate. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and just like the real stock market, they have SROs, self-regulating organizations. So if you can position that as an idea in the crypto space, potentially we can get better regulations that allow for a little bit more individualization. Well, and I think if we can build it up during the bull market and maybe even put a percentage towards, because we know this is going to happen again. That's It's just a matter of time before something implodes again. So if the money is being added when there's actual money in the market and then that's allocated in you know liquid assets right you don't want to have all this bitcoin that's locked up as a insurance policy because you can't access it so i think you know if binance wants to take over these companies which is what they would end up doing right is it their fund or is it a, a communal fund that isn't just binance's decision on who gets it well the way they're positioning it is as a communal fund okay. and however they have the highest stake in it right now with a billion plus okay. but they've got they've they've gotten other donations into this fund from big companies like uh, polygon 
and Animoca Brands totaling close to $50 million but that additional. $50 million is peanuts, yeah. but they are getting community involvement into okay. this fund. But then they are managing the fund currently? That I don't know. Okay. Because that's that's the ultimate, right? Is right. That, and we, if we want the community to manage the fund where we do have the multiple keys for the, the nuclear codes, that seems to me a better way. That does seem like a better way. But and we'll take what we can get. If they can manage this Genesis thing, I think that's first priority, especially if the money has is there, right? Like yeah. If we do have that $500 million, if that's all they're asking for, and Binance has raised over a billion or they've contributed over a billion, yeah. then that's the solution that needs to happen right away or else this thing is a moot point. Well, the other argument though too is why don't they just bail out Block 5 Voyager? Yeah. They are considering taking taking on Voyager um, and putting in a bid. I believe they've done that. So that would be an interesting play too. Um, but Voyager, BlockFi, that, that affects retail investors. What they're saying about Genesis is a lot of this is just institutions. Okay. But I think the full bankruptcy would crash. They'd have to liquidate funds. It would crash the market. And then that would trickle down to retail investors. Of course, it always trickles yeah. down to retail investors in a bad way. The trickle yeah. down economics is bad always, not good. It's always good. bad. Yeah. You know, we <laughs> yeah. want it to be good. And I think crypto has the opportunity to do that. It's just, once again, we have bad actors who are, you know, creating this problem at, at the high level. And then the little guys are like, oh, okay. Our portfolios are dust. Shouldn't have gotten into Dogecoin. <laughs> um, so the little bit of hope, but where's the real hope? Let's get into the hopium a little bit. So we've looked at a few of the experts, quote unquote, everyone thinks they're an expert, um, who are predicting the next bull market. So we're in a bear market. When are we going to start seeing some gains? Because 2022 has sucked and we're almost going into 2023. Yeah. So... The next bull market, according 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 to Tony Vays, will happen when the price goes to twenty three thousand. If it goes over that, great. If it if it hits it, bounces between twenty three and nineteen thousand is kind of the sweet spot. If it can hold nineteen thousand, he's like, we're going to be in the next bull market. Otherwise, if we drop to eleven k, we're in the next bull market because he doesn't think it's going to go any lower than eleven. But who knows? I mean, I don't know this guy. I don't know this guy, but it would make sense. Like we've talked about, right? Is that the previous cycles are four-year cycles. It seems too easy, but it's been that way, right? It's like history doesn't repeat the itself. The last 14 years, yeah. But it rhymes, right? And mm -hmm. so we've had that situation multiple times over these cycles, over these four-year cycles, and they correlate to these halvings, right? Briefly explain the halving again. Yeah, so the halving, next one, number four for Bitcoin will happen in 2024. Should be around the middle part of 2024. But basically, it's where the net issuance of that particular currency is cut in half. So with Bitcoin, there are currently 900 Bitcoin issued every day. That'll be cut to 450 in the middle of 2024. The idea of supply and demand. Supply will be cut in half. Demand, theoretically, will continue to increase and so the value should theoretically increase as well. Because eventually it will become a deflationary currency. Yes, in 100 that's years. That's the goal, right? That's the goal. In yeah. 100 years. And that's why when we talked about Ethereum, now implementing their new software is they're on track to do it much more quickly. They're than already that. deflationary currently. Oh, is that right? Yeah. 
Well, there you go. So which that's the ultimate goal. That's yeah. the ultimate goal, right? Is deflationary currency. But the point is every four years, it gets that much harder to mine, right? And so supply and demand, that this is really where the cycles begin and end is around this halving. And so 2024 is the next halving. We're close to the previous cycle of you know, an 85% drawdown, which would put us at 10K. You know, we've got a lot of money that's still there. It's just not being spent yet, right? Because it's mostly institutions. And so they're waiting for their price targets to hit. You know, we've got MicroStrategy, uh, Michael Saylor, they, they've got 130,000 Bitcoin and yep. they won't get liquidated unless, unless Bitcoin hits, like hits 3K. Like, yeah, like 3,500. <laughs> Um, we've got the president of El Salvador buying one Bitcoin per day. We've got the CEO of ARK Invest, Kathy Wood. Um, she's the CEO, CIO as well. And she is very bullish on Bitcoin and Ethereum. She's still saying 2030 Bitcoin to a million per coin. And she says that even with this tumultuous market, she thinks that Bitcoin will come out smelling like a rose and she said that what this will do for institutions is allow them to take a step back and be like, whoa, do we really understand this? And once they figure out what it really is, that's when they're going to start getting into it. And people are already into it. It's right. that's once again, it's the media cycle wants you to panic and have extreme fear because they're in bed with the big banks. The big banks want crypto to fail, but who's involved in crypto? A lot is big banks, right? You know, JP Morgan, Jamie Dimon was against, and then we find out, you know, he's got Ethereum in his portfolio. And so, so watch what they do, not what they say. I like that. Watch what they do, right? not what they say. Absolutely. And, and sticking with watch what they do is we found out that the Ethereum Foundation, the developers, they called the top yet again, sold, I think, around 100,000 Ethereum, and not all at once, but sure. in batches, and sold, I think, like 10 or 20,000 Ethereum at 4,800 at the top on November 11th of last year. So how do I get a piece of that? Yeah. Well, you can go on Etherscan and type in ETHDEV, and it'll show their account of $411 million worth of Ethereum at current value. Um I might be looking at that towards the next bull top or potential bull top to see when are they offloading funds because it's all transparent. It's all on the blockchain. Or how about now when they're accumulating? Like watch when yeah. they start accumulating, maybe that's the beginning of the next cycle. So there's a lot of things that are happening, you know, and then obviously we've had uh, basically printing money up until last year, you know, and now the the feds are tightening everything. And so interest rates start to come back down because inflation is coming down. Now we're going to start printing money again. And this will just, it'll be an afterthought. Everybody will forget how bad it was because the market will come back. It always does. That's why you have to be patient. Well, and I love too how everyone was like, oh, I'll buy Bitcoin when it's 20,000. But now people are selling. <laughs> Right. Right. It's like, well, they're too scared to buy it, but this is the target they were waiting for. Now it's under that. Well, and you got, you got to have a thick skin with this. You have to, if mm -hmm. you want to make that big money, which it is, I mean, the 
most crazy thing is in this decade, which has been two years now, right? Bitcoin is still the highest performing asset. So calm down. <laughs> it's going to be okay. I can't promise that, but I'm pretty confident that this thing is just going to do what it does. If you stay along for the ride, you're going to have a positive outcome. Yeah. There's your hopium. Thanks for tuning in. All right. Let's take a look at those charts. All right, let's take a look at Bitcoin. Right now we're sitting at 16,960, so just under 17K. We are experiencing a small rally at the moment. You can see our previous bear flag did break out to the upside, which is nice, but it just ran into another bear flag. So nothing has changed there. If we do break out of this bear flag, that would lead us to the 50-day moving average in orange right around 18.5 followed by our previous support turned resistance 19,000. So we have a little ways to go before we're in the clear. It's also coming up on December. So typically we get a Santa rally as they call it, followed by a sell-off and then the beginning of the year is typically bad. So I'm certainly not getting excited at the moment, but we are moving up, which is good. If we do crash, we're still at that 10 to 12K for a bottom that would likely be our final capitulation. In the meantime, let's take a look at total market cap. You can see that $750 billion is holding at the moment. Once again, that's all gonna depend on where Bitcoin goes. Our first resistance is the 50-day moving average at about 850 billion. So we gotta pass that first. Now let's take a look at our dollar cost averaging. I've got ICX, Icon. It is below the previous support, down over 90% from the high. Good opportunity at 19 cents. Next, we have LISC. Same thing, below support. It's been accumulating for a little bit now, 82 cents. Last peak was $12. I think the previous peak was over 20. I'd take a look at LISC. And finally, Neo grinding that bottom, maybe a little bit more room to go down, but more room to go up. Neo is just under $7. Last peak was 140. Now would be a good time to add Neo to your portfolio. That's it for the charts, gang. We are the Bit Bros. Remember, we are not licensed financial advisors. All content is intended for educational purposes only. Please do your own research and only risk what you're willing to lose. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Please remember to like, subscribe, turn on those notifications, drop us a comment, and you can watch us on YouTube or listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next week.